Welcome. Welcome to Modern Mind. To Modern Mind. Ancient book. Ancient book. Where we together explore one of the most important books in human history. Welcome to the book of Joshua. We have left the law and we've entered into the uh, the prophets. Um, so Joshua is a historical narrative. It's also prophetic. Although I could say all these books have some sort of prophetic insight in that the themes themselves replay numerous times, not only throughout the Bible, or in this case, the Old Testament, uh, but all the way into the New Testament. And then if you're an astute reader, a storied kind of person who can see, I suppose we would call it God's hand working in the world, you would see that um, Joshua plays out even today um, because human nature hasn't changed. And, well, we would say God hasn't changed either. And so the way that he operates in the world hasn't changed. You see these themes repeatedly, specifically in how the Old Testament and the New Testament have a lot in common and a lot of the same storied themes and how Joshua himself plays a major role in accomplishing God's will on the earth in a physical way. The title of this book is Joshua. The name Joshua in Hebrew is Yehoshua, and it means Yahweh is salvation. That's found in Numbers 13, verses 8 and 16. Jesus is the Greek literation, yeah, the Greek transliteration of uh, the Greek name Jesus, which is the Greek version of Yehoshua. God is salvation. Yahweh is salvation. So Jesus and Yehoshua or Joshua and Jesus or Jesus, it's all the same name. It all means the same thing. Joshua, by and large, is the story of Israel taking the land of Canaan. That God's spiritual protection, blessing, strength is with them. And that he causes them to have great victories. The major author of this book, meaning there are, say, scribal editions, or like Deuteronomy, Joshua's closed or finished by another author, which is probably someone in the court, just like, more than likely, Joshua finished Deuteronomy in recording Moses's or Moshe's death. Uh, but 
you know, there was a, a court, there was a whole system in place, there was a country created, there were scribes, there were commands that were given. These records were recorded by, at this point, a nation. So in Joshua chapter 24, verse 26, it says, Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God. In other sections, Joshua 5, there is a section that says we, that indicates eyewitness accounts of the author. There are scribal editions that probably took place after Joshua's death. And you're going to find that throughout the entire Bible, that these are a storied approach to how God and how the people perceived God, how God's intervention played out. And so the stories oftentimes were completed by, say, the next generation. Um, Joshua the man, Joshua, was born in Egypt. He was one born under slavery. He was one born in a foreign place, in a place hostile to him, and he was taken out. He was given a new life. He was given a new command, one that he had been unfamiliar with. But Joshua took heart and believed that he, all of Israel, could overcome and take the land of Canaan. Joshua and Caleb were the only two spies who believed that Israel had the power, because God was with them, to enter the promised land and conquer. Joshua was 55 years old when Israel began her journey, her 40-year journey to wander in the wilderness. He served as Moses' second and became his successor by the decree of the God who saved Israel from Egypt, delivered to them the law, and gave them a new identity. This book, the book of Joshua, spans a period of 15 years. It references the death of Moses, which was in 1405 BC, and the book closes with the death of Joshua in 1390 BC. It records how Israel conquered the Promised Land, the land of Canaan. Israel went through the center of Canaan after they crossed the Jordan and they conquered Jericho. They moved through the center part of the country and they divided the nations. They then moved south and they took all of the cities that they were commanded to and then they turned to the north and they destroyed another 
Coalition of Kings. The major writing, the major storyline of this takes place during the life of Joshua. There are three sections that seem to have been included after his death. And they appear to be some sort of scribal comments that were added a little bit later. They are keeping in line with what is considered to be good understanding, truth, uh, good record keeping for this time involving these people in this place. And they fit very well within the period. Israel, however, did not do all that God had commanded them to do when they went into the land of Canaan. They struggled with foreign enemies because the generation that took the land under the leadership of Joshua compromised with their enemies. The way that you want to read this book is to imagine that you are living in a time of war, a time of turmoil. You had been dominated by foreign oppressors and now you're in a land that you haven't completely done what God asked you to do. And the story is that if you had, life would be easier. Your goal as is as an Israeli recipient, as a Jewish recipient of this book, is to repent and overcome these difficult heathen nations, I suppose, those who worship differently than you, who plague your land, who lead your people to worship the wrong god, false gods. You need a deliverer to rescue you. You've heard of Joshua's great deeds, and you see that you need judges to come and help you overcome what is now taking place in the land that is not of God and for God and for the benefit of your nation. You've read about the faithful to the Lord. You know about them and you're looking for that. You're looking for this anointed ones. These ones who have the power of God, the power to overcome and lead you to freedom, lead you to freedom spiritually and lead you to freedom physically. Exactly what Joshua did. As a modern mind, you want to read this book so that you know what made Israel great in the past. You want to identify godly attributes that made great leaders. You want to learn the lessons of obedience. 
You want to see how through obedience God defeats the enemies. You want to understand how these patriarchal promises or promises made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and passed on in a new covenant, a Mosaic covenant was formed with Moses as the leader. And how that old promise, the promise first made to Abraham, led you into this land and that you are called for the same purpose, but that your people have failed to embrace all that was commanded to them and they compromised and they were, they fell short of the command to go into the land and do exactly as God said. But you, you must be strong to maintain your your people, to maintain the covenant, to try to keep the covenant, to try to overcome, to be faithful to God, to worship correctly, to remember the commands in Deuteronomy. You must be careful to do all that the law has commanded, that Moses gave and that Joshua taught. The first recipients of this book were Israelites who struggled during the period of the judges. So the book of Joshua was written to the next generation, the generation that lived in the land, who was struggling with the nation surrounding them, with the false worship surrounding them. The new generation after Joshua had compromised their obligations. They had failed to drive out their enemies in the land in the time of Joshua, and they failed to put away foreign gods. They worshipped wrongly. These two acts of disobedience set the stage for judgment and failure. But God had been faithful and continued to be faithful to the people. And so he would bring back uh, someone who, uh, a judge, every so often, who would help Israel begin to keep the covenant again. But then the people would fall and they would worship Baal and Asherah. And the anger of God would burn against them again. And it was a cyclical pattern. It was a storied set of events that repeated over and over again, generation after generation. And each new generation would have to learn the covenant again, and they would have to overcome problematic peoples and problematic beliefs and... Uh, become a faithful nation over and over again. Just as was prophesied in Deuteronomy. The argument of this book is that possession and prosperity in the promised land depend on Israel's obedience, obedience to Yahweh and the covenant.
the purpose of this book is to encourage Israel to drive out their enemies and to obey the covenant, to keep the laws, to worship correctly. And if these things were to take place, then they would prosper in the land according to the Mosaic Law. Key verse, or the main verse in this, is uh, Joshua chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So, as you can see, the agreement, the, the change that needed to take place for the people is a hard-fought change. Coming from Egypt as a people who were essentially Egyptian into what was promised to Abraham to become a unique nation, set apart, one who worshipped a God that was not known. It was not known in Egypt. And that God was not known necessarily to all the surrounding world. The Bible does have some indication that God was worshipped correctly, at least for some times in some places. And for instance, Jethro, um, I'm not sure if you've listened in past episodes, but Jethro was considered a friend of God, Reuel. Um, and there's indication that he probably worshipped correctly, even though he was a, a Medianite, a different. He was not Israel, he was from a different tribe of people, although all people come from the same place. They come from God because God is the creator of all men. There is no color. There is no creed. There is no ethnicity that separates men from their creator. The Bible clearly makes that argument in the first words. And even the oldest book, the book of Job, just records the people who worship God. There's no black, white, or brown in God. There's no nations in God. But there are covenants. There are agreements. And the Mosaic Covenant is a real set of agreements that had real consequence, consequences. And Joshua is one of those books that the, the macro theme of this is that God saved the people who were slaves. And he brought them out and created them to be a new people, a different people, a people set apart. And then these people were supposed to go in and display the strength of God as they had seen the strength of God displayed 
in the parting of the waters, in the glory of the tabernacle, fire by night and the cloud by day, in the miracles, the many miracles, and in the wrath for disobedience. They were supposed to be a very obedient people. They had a new law. They had a new way of living life. And the point of that isn't lost if you spend time in these texts. Many see these texts as being difficult. Many see them as being judgmental or harsh. But the truth is, is if you can find the story, if you can see the big theme, then as you continue through the Torah, as you continue through the Bible itself, the entire thing, the Torah, the Nava'im, and the Chitimim, the Law, the Prophets, and the Writings, what you see is a repeating story. You see repeating themes. The doors begin to unlock. The treasure opens. And these first books are very much a part of that. You learn about God and people. You learn about how God interacts with, is faithful to both people and himself. And how he has set in place a cycle. And how God has set in place a way that only gets built upon. And the details become more and more apparent. Although vague. Until a little bit later. You see how people, in all of their efforts, in all of their zeal, in all of their strength, really have... Very little obedience in them. And very little strength. And very little zeal, at least for long periods of time. There's zeal for a short period of time. There's strength for a short period of time. But then there's the reality that we get comfortable. And that we fall into ways that are displeasing to God. That's exactly what Joshua records. So, take your time, read it, don't do it judgmentally, do it with an eye toward understanding what the original reader heard, why the author compiled the data, and how those stories can enrich your life and understanding of one of the greatest books in human history. Thank you for joining us. Come back soon. Thank you for joining us for Modern Mind, Ancient Book. We hope that the time spent with us was valuable for you. It certainly was for us. Like Isabella said, please come back soon.